a series we started a couple weeks ago on spiritual growth. The Lord spoke to me early uh, at the end of this last year that this year one of the focuses for us at Thrive is going to be spiritual growth and the other one is going to be community. That we're going to grow and we're going to do it together. We are going to be together. That we're not going to, listen, you can't, you can't handle all this stuff alone. When you face difficulty, you need to run to the Lord. You need to allow people to come around you. You don't need to isolate yourself and try to be super strong. God created people to be with people and to encourage one another. Aaron and her, had they not gone up the mountain with Moses, it would have been a whole different story for Joshua. Joshua's fighting the battle. Moses' hands are up, holding the rod up. And when he's up in the air, he's winning. When it starts to come down, he's losing. So I imagine if, if I'm the one fighting and I'm getting beat up when his arms are getting tired, I'm thankful that there was two other guys there that came alongside. They didn't take the rod from Moses. They, they just came alongside and helped Moses do what he was supposed to do. And that's what we need to be. As community, we're going to come around and encourage each other to do what God has called us to do. We're not going to do it for you. We're going to come alongside and help you as you do what God's called you to do. And the spiritual growth, I just want you to know in this journey that we're on, we kind of did a two-week introduction talking about where are we as far as our hearts. Because there's four soils. The same seed of the word was spread through all four. Only one produced lasting fruit. 75% of the seed that went down didn't produce any lasting fruit at all. So that means if we want to grow, even though the word is what brings growth, we have to have our hearts ready to just receive whatever God says, accept it as his word, and get rid of anything that would try to choke the life out of what God is speaking and let his word grow. And, and, and it is going to take a choice. And I was reading this week, and there was a scripture. It's not in your notes, but I'm going to start with this scripture because I want you to understand kind of where we're heading. In, verse, uh, in Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says, A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciples, you must hate everything else by comparison. And then he lists your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. What he's not saying is that any of you have an excuse to go home to your mom, dad, wife, brother and say, I hate you. Now, what he's saying is by comparison, God has to be first in your life. And everything else is below. So when it's comparing the importance of your life, God ranks at the very top. So if you want to be my disciple, this is what he's saying. Everything else can't be as important. It can't be as important. And then it says, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciples. But then he says this, don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money for it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone will laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started the building but couldn't afford to finish it. So he's using this analogy to say, listen, before you do something, count the cost. And what I want to talk about today, we're going to talk about that we need to learn to trust God. And here's why I say we have to trust God. Because I'm going to tell you, if we're going to grow, you're going to be uncomfortable. We're all going to be uncomfortable at times. I don't know if you've ever gone through a, a big growth spurt at one time. I did. One summer, I was, I was in Wisconsin working on the farm with my grandparents. And I'll never forget, I grew, like, fast. Matter of fact, when I, when I flew home, I got on the escalator, and I'm going up the escalator because of the plane that landed, and 
I got off the plane, and I was going up to where all my family was waiting. And my mom is right there at the top, my brother, and they're looking. They're looking for me, and I'm on the escalator. I'm coming right up. And they're just, and I'm like, do they not see me? Like, I'm right here. And I get off the plane, I mean, I get off the escalator, and they're both like, what happened? And I just grew really fast. Now, I had leg pain and foot pain for a long time. And you know what else? I was very clumsy because I, my coordination didn't catch up. There was one time where I'm standing beside my brother. He reminds me of this story. Me and Dale are standing there watching the baseball game. We're right behind the, the fence. So all the bleachers are behind us, full of people. And I'm just standing there like this, just watching the game. And I just go to switch feet. And they got all tangled up. And Dale's talking. All of a sudden, he's like, Scott. And I'm on the ground. And he made fun of me forever. Everyone's laughing. And they're like, did he trip? What did you trip over? It's just me. I'm not used to have my feet being this big. It just overnight, just right through like a canoe. I went from a little rowboat to a canoe in days. I mean, it was amazing. But you know what happened is, you know, I grew. And there was some pain in that. And I had to get used to that. And, and, and I'm just telling you, when we grow spiritually, there's going to be some difficult moments. Because if we're going to grow, you know what that means? That we have to let the Lord show us areas that we need to grow in. If you want to be more mature, then you've got to find those places and let the Lord reveal those places that are immature. I'll never, I, I, it's a very scary prayer to do what David did, say, search me, O God. To see if there be any wicked way in me. And once, in one place he says, test me. Test my heart. Like, just, just test my heart. Examine me. And if you do that, you know what? Those things that are unhealthy, that we try to hide, that we've buried for years and years and years, that we don't want to deal with, those hurts, those places of unforgiveness, those places of bitterness, those places of pain. If we want to get healthy, those, those need to come up. That soil that we talked about, that third area of soil where there was the good stuff was being planted, but there was also other stuff that was choking it out. And, and if we're going to grow, the Lord's going to deal that, help get that stuff up. But he's going to do it in such a loving way, and he's going to help us, and it's going to bring good results. But if you want to grow, it's, it, there's going to be some cost to it. You know, and some cost might be, you know what, you, you might have to change who you hang out with. You might have to change what you listen to. You might have to change who you listen to. You might have to change things that you were taught all your life that you just thought were right because grandma said. And you realize, you know what, maybe some of what I grew up with isn't exactly what God has for me. We just have to be willing. It's not anything to be afraid of. But as a parent, I want my kids to grow up in the things of God. But I have to deal with those places in their life when it's not right. And it's healthy. You know, when God corrects us, he does it in love. He does it in love. And he'll help you. But I'm just letting you know, if, you're, if we're going to do it, it's going to, he's going to, if we say, Lord, I want to grow, then get ready. 
What happens? How many have ever prayed, Lord, give me patience? You know what happens? Why you pray? Traffic stops. Lord, give me patience. What's going on here? Give me patience. You go to Walmart, there's one line open, and 78 people are in it, and it's coupon day. You know. He, you're going to learn patience. You're going to grow. And it's the same way. So I don't, I'm not saying anything to scare you or make you like, oh, man, is, how hard is this going to be? It's going to be an amazing journey. And we're going to love the outcome. But there's places I'm at today that I wouldn't be had I not allowed the Lord to dig deep in me and pull some things out that have been in there for a long time. And it didn't come easy, and I had to be encouraged and pushed a little bit to get there. But once I said, all right, God, fix me. Heal me. Then it starts happening. And I love it. Has there been difficulty in it? Yeah. Did, I, did it hurt my pride a little bit to acknowledge those places? Yeah, because I, like I would like to act like I have it all together. Even though everyone around me knows I don't. I'm a pastor. I can't get up there and act like I don't have it all together. People are trusting me and following me. Right. So be a real example that your hope is in Jesus just like you want their hope to be in Jesus. Because apart from him, I can do nothing. And neither can you. We got to have him in our life. So that's where we're going. So the reason I'm talking about this today is because it's going to start with us having to just trust God. That we have to trust him that the direction he's taken us on spiritual growth, that if he's taken us here, he's got a plan for it. And that he's going to produce in us. Because we talked about this last week, too, about the soil that produced fruit. The soil was just, just soil, and it was healthy, and it was ready to receive it. But all of the fruit and all the things that were produced weren't because, because the soil was, had all this power. It was because the soil just received the seed, and in the seed was, the, was what was produced. The seed produced so the Word's going to do the work. God, The Spirit of God in you is going to produce. If you want to love people better, guess what? A fruit of the Spirit is love. A fruit of the Spirit is joy. A fruit of the Spirit is peace. A fruit of the Spirit is patient. So if you want to be patient, stop wasting your time doing patience practice. I'm just going to practice. No. You know what? Let the Spirit of God lead you. And you watch how much more patient you are. But you're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to surrender. We're going to have to get, a, get to this place today and say, Lord, I trust you. I want to grow. And I don't want to be the same tomorrow as I am today. I don't want to be the same next week as I am today. And I'm going to be honest with you. Your growth is for you. That's it. But can I tell you this? The world needs you to grow. The world around you, they need you to grow. Your kids need you to grow. Your employees and employers need you to grow. Your family needs you to grow. Because there are so many hopeless people in this world today that are walking around confused and in pain and hurt and searching. And we have the answer. But it's getting hard, to diffi- it's getting hard and difficult to tell who the Christians are in the group. Because everybody seems to be hopeless. But if we allow the Lord to grow us, then we'll be different. And we'll stand out like light should in darkness. 
And we'll show that, listen, hey, yeah, things are, things are looking really rough right now in our world. But you know what? I belong to him. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I've said this before. It doesn't matter who's in authority. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't, none of that matters. Stop arguing over that stuff. Jesus is on the throne. We're good. Pray for those in authority. That's when you grow. You stop talking bad and you start praying. That's, that's growth. That, that's growth is when you realize, you know what? Lord, I, I'm praying for our president. I'm praying for our leaders. I'm praying for our governors. They don't, if they don't make good decisions, then I'm going to keep praying. That, that's, what, that's where we're heading. So you understand kind of where we're talking about? Okay, so for the three of y'all, we're going to continue in Proverbs chapter 3. So go to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to read a very familiar passage. We're going to talk about it just a little bit today. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek him in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Okay, this is, this is the journey for us as we begin this spiritual growth process. That we're going to acknowledge right away that we trust that the seed that is going forth in our hearts is going to produce. And whatever it takes, whatever we go through along the way, whatever difficulties we face, we trust that God is able, that God is faithful, and that he'll take care of us. Now, I do understand that sometimes trust is difficult. Because we've experienced bad things. We've been hurt. You know, there's, there's people that hurt us and we've made decisions. I'll never trust anybody again. Those, there's times if something happened and, you know what, why did God let that happen? I, I can't trust God. We have all these different thoughts of why we can't trust God. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in something. God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. He's faithful. He's faithful. And anything, even anything the enemy would mean for harm, he can turn it for the good. We live in a difficult world. We live in a fallen world. Things happen. People have free wills. There's stuff like that that happens. And sometimes everything that happens, we can't say that everything that happens is God's will and God's plan. I always tell someone, if you believe that, if I went and slapped you in your face, you would not be like, thank you, Lord, I received that. It's from you. I just received that. Lord, you're good. you got a plan for that. No, that's just me doing something I shouldn't have done. But there are times when we do go through difficulty. The Bible tells us we're going to go through difficulty. The Bible tells us when you face trials of many kind, count it joy. That in this world you will have difficulties and you will have trouble. But, but take heart, Jesus says, because I've overcome the world. In other words, I can get you through it because I've already overcome it. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There's all these promises and all these plans that we're going to make it through. But it does get difficult at times. So, so right off the bat, I just want you to open your heart up to say, you know, I've been hurt by people and, and it's difficult for me to trust. And you know what? We can meet you there. God can meet you there. But be honest about it. That's where I am right now. And you know what? Let the Lord begin to heal that in you. Let the Lord begin to show you that he's, he's good. 
and that God is love. And it says in, in 1 Corinthians, love never fails. God never fails. He's faithful. And he'll see you through, I promise you. So let's look at some things about trust. Trust fully means, trust means that we really, we just put all of our, we lean in on, we rely on, we just know that he has it. We could, we could, we could put our confidence in him. We could put our hope in him. It's our faith that's in him. That's all we're talking about here with trusting God. And it's amazing how sometimes we, we don't realize how much we do put trust in certain things. How many, how many have a GPS in your car or use it on your phone? A few of us? All right. We were going, we were taking a trip one time to, I believe we were going to Ohio. We had the GPS set. And uh, one of the, I think we got close to West Virginia, and, and it was like interstate was just shut down. They were doing work. So, so our GPS is saying, you know, stay on 77 until whatever. And we're like, we can't. Like I'm, we're actually telling the, the GPS, I can't. Stay straight for 68 miles. I can't. I'll get arrested. Like, I can't go through there. That's kind of what it was. But all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so it reroutes us, and now we're going all these little side roads. Listen, I am in West Virginia. So, well, right on the border. I don't know where we were. If we were in West Virginia, if we were still in Virginia. Um, but we're, we're going down all these little side roads, and there's nothing. Just road. And I kept driving. And if you would have asked me, why are you still, why are you going on this road? Because uh, this little box told me to. And I'm trusting that it knows. It didn't know that interstate was closed, but maybe it knows this. And you know what we get? And we get to where it leads us to this next exit, this next on-ramp, and it was closed. We're like, oh, great. So what do we do? It rerouted. We followed it again because we have no idea what to do. And sometimes we don't realize that we actually put a lot of trust in stuff. We really do. But then in our own life with, with, with our spiritual walk, sometimes with God, it's like we get so hesitant to move. I'm driving down this little dirt road because this little robot, Noe's voice, Turn left on whatever road. Well, I don't know if it was a road. Turn left on Farmer Henry's driveway. I don't know what it was, but we turned. And I was trusting it. And eventually we got back on the road. I don't know if we switched to a different GPS, but somehow we got there. But I realized, you know, I was, I'm trusting this thing. I didn't make a bunch of phone calls. I didn't call for the sheriff's department to come get us and take us to a highway. We just kept following. Whatever they said, okay, you messed up. Well, we'll just keep. And you know what? you got to think about this. Sometimes we, we, we look at trust and we try to deeply spiritualize it. But can I tell you, you put a lot of trust in stuff in your everyday life. And though that stuff will fail you. But God will never fail you. And sometimes it's just it's that same attitude to just say, because this is the way I feel like he's telling me to go. So I'm going to go. I'm going to trust him. And we want to trust God. There's some scriptures I have in your notes about that. Look at John 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. This is Jesus speaking. So you know what that means? Somewhere in this journey, we do have a choice to make. 
Don't let it be troubled. It doesn't mean there's not going to be troubled. It doesn't mean you can't acknowledge that it's troubled, but don't stay there. If you're troubled, then he's saying, listen, don't just sit, let your heart be troubled, but trust in God because he loves you. He's going to take care of you. Trust in God. Jesus says, trust in me. They're trustworthy. Look at Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank that roots deep into the water. These trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That's how it's supposed to be. That's for us if we will just stay where the Lord is where our trust is. He will produce our job is to trust. You know the scripture that says, be confident that when God begins a good work, he's faithful to complete it. Do you know God begins the work, God completes the work. The only thing in that scripture that's for you is be confident. That's it. The only thing is be confident that when God begins a work, he finishes it. In other words, be confident. What God is doing in your life, he will continue to do and he'll bring it to completion. Trust him. He'll do it. Trust him. Look at the next scripture, Romans 15, 13. This is the prayer that Paul's prayer. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Again, it's putting your trust in him. Psalms 28, verse 7. This is where it talks about in this passage in Proverbs, and we're going to get to this verse. Leave that verse up there. But in this passage in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Everything. When God asks you to do something, it's, it's all. There's a place in Psalms 9, I think verse 1, he says, when you give to the Lord, give with all of your heart. In Matthew, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. In other words, go after. If you're going to do it, go for it. Go big. Go with everything. So when you're going to trust the Lord, trust him with all your heart, with everything. Why is it important to trust the Lord with your heart? Look at this scripture. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with what? All my heart. He helps me. My heart's filled with joy. I burst out with songs of thanksgiving. That's what happens when your trust is in the Lord. Go to the next verse. This is why it's important with our hearts. Proverbs 4.23, it says that we need to guard our hearts because it determines the course of your life. So your heart, you got to have your heart fully trusting in God because it's going to determine how you live your life. People that are panicking today are trusting our system. People that are in, in sheer panic mode are trusting our government, are trusting everything to fix all these problems. If, well, they need it, they need it, and they're not doing it. Oh, man, look what's happening now. But if we're trusting God, then we think, Lord, no matter how bad it gets here, you got me. Psalms 37, the righteous are never forsaken, ever, ever. God's got you. He will take care of you. We can trust him. We can trust him. Let's keep going. Matthew 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. So if, if God is your treasure, if he's number one to you, your heart's going to be there. So this is how you know where your treasure is. Where's your heart? Because wherever your treasure is is where you're going to find your heart. If your treasure is in money, that's where your heart is. 
If your treasure is in your job, that's where your heart is. That's where life is for you. That's where your value comes from. That's where everything comes from. But if your treasure is in the Lord, then you know what? That's your heart. It means that's where you get your value. That's where you get your identity. That's where you get everything. And when you're there, you, can, you, can't, get, you can't be so connected to God and not trust them. Because you'll know him. There's people in my life that I know I can trust. I also know that they're human and there's potential. But I know they really, they really like me. And they really care. Just a few people. But I know they're out there. I know there's a couple. I know, one at least. I know. And you know what? When you, trust, when you know someone and you know they love you. And you know they have your best interest in mind. It's easier to trust them. And if they never failed you before, then it gets even easier to trust them. So we got to trust the Lord. Then it says this, not only do we trust the Lord, but we don't rely on our own understanding. In other words, here's the other side. There's a lot of times that we trust the Lord in areas. But he's saying trust him in everything. And don't lean on your own stuff. Because you know what? We don't, we don't have it all together. We trust in the Lord. Listen, I, as your pastor, I've made this very clear from the beginning. I will do everything I can to minister, to serve, to love people. But can I just tell you this? Do not put your trust in me. Do not. I am not your source of hope. I, I, I've even told people, listen, even hospital visits, listen, I've been at places where, man, you even got a, <clears throat> you're going to be a pastor right there beside you. Well, let's go. Cool, you okay. But what happens if we're not careful, people start depending on people. And you got to be careful. I'm not saying that we don't, I said before, we need to be there for each other. We need to, we need to do that. But I want you to know, if I come visit you, I'm bringing Jesus. But I want you also to know that if you're going to spiritually grow, you need to know you have Jesus. And that you can sit there and pray right there. We had a guy that went to the emergency room and he said, Pastor said, before we call him, we got to call Jesus. He remembered that I'm not here. Your, your hope can't be in me. Well, I would have been fine, but Pastor didn't see me. And I, I'm telling you, I, I make as many hospital visits as I can, but I am not. I'm just telling you, I am not committed that every time you're somewhere, I'll be there. I can't commit to that, but I can commit to pray, but I also commit to teach you that you can connect with God and have the same effective prayer that I can, because we're no different. It's all in the power of God. God Jesus is our healer, not me. If I'm coming to you, I'm bringing Jesus, but if you know you have Jesus, then connect with him first. That, the guy that was at the emergency room, he, he said, I know we got to, we got to, we got to bring Jesus first, then we can call him. They prayed. His pain went away. They got up and left. And I was like, see, if I would have ran out there, I would have wasted my gas. And I would have been mad that God healed you. <laughs> God, you know, could you wait until I prayed? Like, that's a wasted trip. I get out there. Oh, no, he left. He was feeling great. Oh, thanks a lot, God. I would have rejoiced. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have been mad. But the bottom line is, you know what? There is part of that that... That if we can grow, we know we got to go to the Lord. We got to go to the Lord. He's your source of strength. We do need each other. We're going to be there for each other. 
But we, we are not without hope if someone, if we don't get a hold of somebody right away. Listen, God hears you the second you call. He's there the second you call. Connect with him. You can trust him. Rely on him. Don't rely on your own understanding. 1 Corinthians 8.2. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Isn't that good? How many of you know all the answers? Yeah, yeah you're not going to raise your hand now. You know what? It's true, though. There's so much we don't know. There is so much that we don't know, and there's so much we can't know. But God knows. So don't rely on yourself because there's a lot of things that you don't know. John 3, 30. He must be greater and greater, and I must become less and less. In other words, here's what's going to happen. If this is you and this is Jesus, if you're going to grow, you go down. And Jesus goes up, which means you're, what you begin to look at, what you begin to think about, what you begin to pursue, what you begin to live after and seek are the things of God. And when, that, when, when he's up here and you're down here, you're going to live life to the fullest. It even goes that way in the sense of not just with our understanding, but to understand that, listen, you know when God's strength works best in your weakness. But if you think that you're strong enough, then you're going to struggle all the time. It's not until you say, God, I am weak. And God says, well, it's at that moment, my strength is perfect. That's why when we leave sometimes, I'm like, listen, go be weak, guys. Because that's when God's strength is perfect. When you are strong, you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But Paul reminds us, Paul boasted about his weakness. Because it's in that weakness that God's strength is perfect. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4 and 5. We're confident of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. In other words, see, that's the same for us. We're not qualified to do anything on our own. I cannot lead this church on my own. I'm not. I'm not qualified on my own. Our qualification, though, comes from God. So when God says, this is what I've called you to do, this is the plan I have for you, I am now qualified because of him. Not because of me, because of him. If I ever step out from under him, I'm no longer qualified. So that's why when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, it's as I follow Christ. But if I stop following Christ, stop following me. Because we, we, we got to make sure that we stay lined up with the fact that it's only through God. It's only in him that we can really walk this thing out. Matthew 16, 24 and 25 Jesus told his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from yourself with ways, take up your cross and follow me. One translation says, you must deny yourself. In other words, that whole relying on, when you think about do not lean in on your own understandings, here's, what I'm th- here's, here's the example of it. Okay, and I did this before and broke this, so I'll do it this way. But right now, I am leaning on this. This is what's holding me up. And in your walk with God and in everything that you face in your spiritual life, if you're leaning on you, at some point you're going to crumble. And at some point you're going to fall. And if I want to lean on something, I want to lean on something that's solid. I want to lean on something that's not going to change, that's not going to crumble, that's not going to fail. I want to lean on something that's going to hold me up, that can handle it. And that's God. So why do we put our hope in us when we have God? Let's rely on him. Then it says this, acknowledge him in everything that you do. 
In everything we do, we got to put acknowledgement in him. We have to trust in him. And we say acknowledge the Lord in everything you do. You know what it means? You know what all means? All. In everything. So if you're a parent, acknowledge the Lord as you're parenting. On your job, acknowledge the Lord. Lord, you can help me with this. Lord, you can help me be a good husband. You can help me be a good dad. You can help me be a good brother, a good friend. You can help me be a good boss. You can help me be a good employee. In every area of my life, I just want to acknowledge you. I want to bring you into it. I want to bring you into this. Because I can't rely on just me. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to find that you have way more wisdom than you ever had before. You're going to find more peace than you've ever found before. You're going to find more joy in life because you're not doing it alone. You're acknowledging him, and he's going to, he's going to lead you. I'll be the first to tell you, there's been times where I, someone has asked me a question about, hey, what if, what if we did this? I'm like, yes, a great idea. We just do it. Or times where I thought I had a, brill, a brilliant idea. I mean, I thought, God, this will impress you. Like, you're going to like this one. And you know, it wasn't right. Didn't work out. But if I'm just staying sensitive to listening to the voice of the Lord and what he wants and how he directs my life, then I'm finding myself in places doing things that I never thought I would ever do. Things that I never even really desired to do or thought I even could do. But God's like, listen, I have a plan for you, and I'm going to lead you here, and this is where I want you. And I say, okay. Okay, I'll trust you. But if you'll acknowledge him, then you get help. We think that, well, I have God all the time, so he helps me all the time. Listen, you can, have you ever been in the car with someone on a long trip and not talk at all? Have you ever been in the car with someone and they, and they didn't talk to you at all or you didn't talk to them at all? So just being in their presence wasn't enough. If I'm sitting in the car and Patty's in the car and I pass the road we're supposed to turn on and she doesn't say anything and I just keep driving and I think, oh, she knows. Hey, where's that road at? It was back there. Oh, it would have been nice if we would have interacted. Or to ask her when I first leave, do you know where this place is at? Yes. Okay, can you, can you help me get there? Instead of, stop telling me how to drive. Which I don't say that. Maybe a few times. But you know what? You can, you can have someone with you, but if you don't acknowledge them, you don't gain what they have. You don't gain understanding. You don't gain insight. You can, have, you can have great people all around you, wise people. But if you never acknowledge them, never tap into the wisdom they have, it does you nothing. So you have the presence of God. You have the Spirit of God within you. But if you never stop and acknowledge the Lord, then you don't understand or get to hear what He says. 
That's why even prayer sometimes. Sometimes you pray and sometimes you should just listen. Be still and know that I'm God. Just listen. If we're not careful, we go to God for, and we pray. Our, however many minutes a day you pray and, and you start to finish, you do all the talking. And God wants to speak to you and wants to help you, but you never acknowledge, Lord, how do, how do you want, how are you coming to me in this situation? How do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to respond to this? He has a way, but you got to acknowledge him. And he'll speak to you, but you have to listen. You have to stop. You can't get so busy. You, you just can't get so busy that you don't hear from him. You ever had that Friend or person, when they call you, they just talk, 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 talk. They're like, oh, anyway, I got to go. Bye. Or you call them, and then they start talking, and you never even ask your question. They got a question for you. Oh, before you ask me, check this out. I was like, no, 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 no. And then, oh, I got to go. See, it's not, that's not how we want to be. Not with the Lord. It's like, Lord, he knows where you're at. Come to the Lord. Tell him where you're at. Then say, Lord, I just want to acknowledge you. What? What do I do? How do you want me to respond to this? And he'll tell you. He'll speak to you. He'll show you. Because that's what he does. Hebrews 11.6 says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and he is the rewarder of those who seek him. If you go to God and acknowledge him, listen, you'll find him. He's the rewarder of those who seek him. When you ask, you receive. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the doors open. That's the God that we serve. Matthew 6, 31, verse 33, it talks about seeking first the things of God. And he talk, it says, don't worry about the things that you say, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. These things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers. In other words, if you're so wor worried about all the stuff, all the answers to all your questions, all the stuff, all the provision, he's saying, listen, that's, that's for people who don't even understand and really believe. But what he says is, after this next verse, he says, seek the things of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God above everything else. And live righteously. Then it says this, he'll give you everything you need. In other words, your walk with God brings about the stuff. You don't have to have the stuff to produce anything with God. Your walk with God, God, when you, when you seek him, he'll take care of that stuff. That's why you have to acknowledge the Lord. You just acknowledge the Lord in everything, above everything, and then you'll, you'll see that he'll come through for you. He'll come through. He'll come through every time. Look at uh, Joshua 1.8. <clears throat> Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you can be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. When you study the word and you meditate on the word and you connect with God, it's only then that you're going to find true success and prosperity in what you do. Now, there's success in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, it's different. It's better. And that only comes when you're acknowledging him and you're getting in his word. You're connecting with God consistently. Then you have that. And then the promise is when you trust him, here's what's going to happen. He directs your steps. He directs your steps. In other words, you're seeking him. Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to go by what I feel. I'm not going to go by what I think all the time. I'm going to rely on you. And I'm, I'm bringing you in right here. I'm acknowledging you. And then here's what's going to happen. He'll show you what to do. 
He'll tell you. He'll lead you. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. Talking to the Lord. You'll show me the path of life. Then he says this, in your presence is fullness of joy. When you're on the path, here's the thing you got to remember. I was talking to Patty yesterday, and I was like, you know, sometimes this journey that we're on, it can be difficult. And she made this statement. She said, you know what? But it's not as difficult if you know you're not alone, that you have the presence of God with you. And in this presence, there's fullness of joy, right? Fullness of joy. That means just like overflowing. There's a joy convention in your hotel room right here. And all the rooms are booked. It's just joy, 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 joy down in your heart. You know what's going there. Down in your heart. That's, that's what happens in his presence. And I love how we connect this all the time to what Nehemiah says, that the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Your strength comes from joy. And joy comes from knowing you're not alone in your journey, that you can trust God. He's going to take care of you. And that brings joy, and that joy helps you make good decisions. And that joy gives you strength that when it's tough, you're still walking. And you're not giving up, and you're not throwing in the towel. You're walking it out because you have strength. Because you know God's with you on your journey. He's with you. He's not going to let you fall. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 37, verse 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. I promise you God will see to it. If your heart is trusting him, he will see to it that you will be on the path you're supposed to be on. He'll see to it. He'll direct your steps because because this is this is the cool part about this verse. Not just that he directs your steps, but that he delights in every detail of your life. God delights in you, in the detail of your life. He wants to help you get and experience everything he has for you. He cares about it. When our kids were younger, it was it was amazing. They would come to us with things that you would think, okay, that's it. Doesn't matter. Dad, do you want me to use a green crayon or a blue crayon? But you know what? To them, it was a big deal because they wanted me to pick blue because that's what they wanted to color with. And I was like, what about green? But look at the blue. Oh, you know what? Pick the blue. I mean, I'm like, yeah. But the little details of their life, it was pretty, it was, it was cool. I cared about what they cared about, even if it was something small. Because I love them. And if it's, if it's important to them, and it's, even if it's not important to me, if it's important to them, it becomes important to me. That's, that's how it was. If something small is hurting them, I don't ever want them to say, well, I don't want to talk to you about that because it's not that big a deal. I'm like, buddy, if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to me. If something's hurting you, don't ever feel like you just got to get over it. You come to your mom or dad and let us just help you and hug you and hold you and tell you we're here and, and just support you and know you're going you're gonna to get better. You'll be fine. But we'll be there for you. We're not going to be like, oh, come on, man. Toughen up, little man. I tried that route. It didn't work. Chase came off the field playing football. He was little. Came off the field and his thumb was all messed up. He's like, Dad, my thumb. I'm like, you got nine more fingers. Get back out there. I literally said that. He went back out and played. And the next morning, his thumb's all colored. 
I was like, yeah, probably shouldn't have said that. That was a big deal to him. But I had my own thoughts and plans about his superstore. Tough it out. And you know what? That doesn't work. And that's, not, that's, not what, that's not how God is. God's not in heaven saying, come on, toughen up. You know what he's saying? Listen, if you're hurting, come to me. Come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, come to me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you rest because I care about you. I'm not going to judge whether I think you really need to rest or not or is that too much. It's really not that much to carry. If you are heavy laden and you're weary, come to him and he'll give you rest because that's the kind of God that he is. And then look at this last scripture, and we'll close with this. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not be afraid, says the Lord, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. It's what he would say to you. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. This is God speaking to you. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In other words, when you go through it, listen. I promise you that I'm going to be faithful to you. I promise, me, I promise you that you don't have to be afraid. I'm not going anywhere. I will be with you. I'll be with you. Don't get discouraged. Man, I've tried. I keep failing. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. And here's what he's saying. Listen, I'm your God. I'm not just your buddy that has a little bit of strength. Sometimes I can help you. Sometimes I fail you. No, I'm your God. I created the world you're living in. I spoke it into existence. That's how powerful my words are. And I don't want you to be discouraged because I'm your God. Listen, God is saying to you, I'm your God. Don't be discouraged. I will strengthen you because when you're weak, his strength is perfect. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up. When you feel like you're going to fall, I'm telling you, God is saying, I'll hold you up. I'll hold you up. I I want you to know you can trust God. You can trust him. Those places that you've been trying to figure it out on your own, those places where you've worn yourself out because you're trying on your own, will you just trust him today? Just give him a chance to prove himself to you. Let, Let him help you. He won't fail you. He won't fail you.